皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Paralympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan, and welcome to day nine coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I am getting the remnants of Hurricane Ida today and tomorrow.、Oh. So I am feeling the pain of those athletes who are standing out in the rain. I can't imagine trying to run and jump as these torrential downpours are coming. That, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. All、But. I had to do was take the dog out, and I was complaining the whole time. <laughs> well, it was a big day of action again all across Tokyo. So we've got a big show for you. Some news and follow up.、Uh, first off, Let's check in on what happened during the women in, in athletics. We had two big dramas there. So, the women's 100 meter T11 class, which was a visual impairment class, and it turned out that they only awarded a gold and a silver. I did go back and watch this and still didn't quite understand. I saw the one、uh, pair whose tether broke right away. Well, she's the, the world champion. So, she、yeah. was. Absolutely devastated. That was Heroso Gerba dos Santos from Brazil. And then the other one was an, another rule violation, which was 7.9.3, which thanks to the innersanctum.com.au for spelling this one out. Oh, so what happened to the other Brazilian, Atalita Vitoria Simplico da Silva? She was disqualified under. Rule 7.9.3 that states that the athlete and their guide must remain attached by the hand tether from the start until the finish. It's the tether didn't break, but I guess they must have come apart somehow. And then that China's Liu Qiuqing was supposed to, she won the silver and she was, should have been disqualified under Rule 6.15.4, which States the regulations un- under which the tethers must be adhered to. So I'm guessing it's a certain type of tether and it has to be, I'm sure, just so long. But she was still given the silver. They just gave her a yellow card. And then the other big dispute going on is from the men's shot put F20, where the Malaysians were disqualified because of a, a time violation to showing up to the、uh, ready room. And now there's news that I read this morning on ESPN that the Ukrainian athletes are getting all k i n d of online hate for this. I'm sorry that the athletes are getting hate for this. I think it's their team managers that need to face the heat. Yes. Though what ended up happening, that one piece of information we didn't have yesterday, they were, the, the Malaysians were competing under protest. The Ukrainians had filed the protest prior to the start of the competition. So it wasn't like, oh, we lost, then we filed the complaint. So there was a complaint lodged right at the beginning of the competition. But because the officials didn't have all the information regarding the ready room, they allowed them, the Malaysians to compete and win and get a world record. But technically, they should not have been allowed to compete to begin with, which is what usually happens with a ready room violation. Yeah. And that's really tough because once you're allowed to compete, I'm sure you think, okay, everything is fine. I'm competing. I throw a world record throw twice. And then all of a sudden, I'm disqualified for something that happened before the match. And What, what do you do? That's, that's really frustrating. It's upsetting all the way around. So, the Malaysian team did file a protest with the IPC and with World Athletics, and both upheld the protest. So, saying that the Ukrainians do, in fact, get the medals and the Malaysians were disqualified properly.、Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. I wonder how much of a, like, were they hours late? What goes into a ready room violation? Right. So that still was not clear this morning in the information I was able to gather. So this is not done. That issue is not going to go away too quickly. Okay. And then we have one correction from yesterday. I said that in the results for the women's 50 meter breaststroke in swimming, the SB3 class, 
the gold went to Marta Fernandez Infante from Spain, not from Estonia. All right. Once again, I started off the Tokyo Day thinking coverage is okay. I could get Bacha on the stream. They actually showed some Bacha on TV. I thought there would be no feed beefs, but NBC and their great abilities has given me plenty of beefs to beef about. What I don't like is the, and this happens all the time in Olympic and Paralympic coverage. I really hate the tactic of we will show you a game and then all of a sudden the game skips ahead. You know what I'm talking about? So they showed Bacha, they were showing the BC3 class and the gold medal game. So they had the whole first end, they went to commercial, they come back and it's in the middle of end three. Well, that's all. They've been doing that for I know 40 years. But they should stop. It's like when TV shows age the baby and all of a sudden you come back from the summer and the baby is now 10. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't like that stunt. They pulled it in goal ball too. And we missed an Amanda Dennis goal. <laughs> Not okay with missing anything about Amanda Dennis. I know. Then they were talking about shot putter Josh Simino from the U.S. And they showed a package. They showed this package on during the, the trials. So, so I understand them reusing a package. That's fine. But the package plus talking about his social media posts and showing him on the podium all lasted. I think a, a rough estimate would be seven to ten times longer than the actual competition they showed, which was his one throw. You know, this goes back to something I said yesterday. It feels like the coverage of the Paralympics is such a throwback to the 80s and 90s of Olympics coverage, where it was more package, less sport. And they've they've improved that on the Olympic side, but the Paralympics are are lagging in that way. Right. And and there seems to be still an urgency to, to oh, like, please tell us why you are disabled. And I don't necessarily care. I want to know the classes because I want to understand what the thing that ties all of these athletes together because we're not doing just one race for or one competition. They do get broken up into classes. So, okay, please tell me what the classes are so I can put something into context. But I, I, I care more about what the athlete can do versus what is making them be a Paralympian. And my feed beef was, Finally, and we're on day nine, I got a fleeting glimpse of Lexi. You did? What? Yes. I was watching swimming this morning. I was catching up from the overnight swimming, and there was one block that they put up for the S7s, which we've talked about being this hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. And I saw the Lexi graphic, and I said, why do you not make this just on the screen? We've talked about this. It was there for a second. And then the athletes came out and I already forgotten which class we were in. Right. And they can just put that small across the top in the corner. You can do it. It can be done. They've done it. But, you know, you can go to, I believe it's Lexi Global if you search that. And Lexi is all in capitals. And if you need Paralympic or classification and you'll find the Lexi system and you can see for yourself too how it breaks down. And, oh, it's helpful. You have another feed beef. So the race that I saw multiple times this day was the 400 meter T37. And this is the race that Nick Mayhew of the USA won silver. So of course, in the USA, they kept, I saw this at least three times. And these were all, this was not feed. This was television airings. So, and I kept getting confused because Nick Mayhew is in multiple races. Yes. So it's very hard when you have athletes in multiple races and you have races with multiple classes, keeping everything straight when you're seeing the same race over and over again. Yeah. It's really the Olympic channel re-airing in the afternoon that's screwing me up because I understand you show it live-ish in the morning and then in prime time, but that middle of the day, why? There's so many things you didn't show in the morning that you could be showing. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
All right, time to name that commentator. So I found out that the gentleman who is accompanying Lisa O'Sullivan on Goalball is named Danny Coleman Cook. He's doing well. It's a nice little team they've got going on there. Almost as charming a name as Nelson uh, Crispin Corso. (laughs) Which I did notice today, the swimming coverage, that they just don't, they don't fall for that name. It is a fun name to say. I know. The feed commentator did fall for the name. So every time I'm watching the NBC coverage, I'm like, come on, he's racing again. Get into it. Okay. Time for what officiating or volunteer job would we want to do? What do you have today? So today I noticed that sitting volleyball, there's a volunteer that stands behind the officials table and seems to be their assistant. So I don't know if he or she gets them water or passes papers around, but I want that job because I have a feeling you will be sitting at the assistant table and I could say, yes, Miss Jarris, would you like some tea? I don't know because I, I, I can tell you what I would not do at sitting volleyball. And that would be being an actual referee or umpire or the the people making the calls, mostly because that is, honest to Pete, the worst referee uniform I've ever seen. And I don't know what their dress code conversation was like. I have been a part of some horrific dress code conversations, but these are kind of brownish, muddyish, greenish polo shirts and I've never seen this, that the patch that they wear, usually it's over your left chest. The patch is right underneath where the buttons are on the polo shirt. So it is definitely, if you're a woman, I just go, look right here at my patch. Definitely a decision made by men. (laughs) Made me uncomfortable. But what I think now that we've talked about the call room violations, I think I might want to go back to athletics and work in the call room and see what that process is like. Make sure everybody's all checked in. Go, where are they? Say 30 minutes to call. And you know what I would probably do? If they have to tell, like, give announcements of how much time they have to race, I would probably say it's showtime. You would have a clipboard and you would hold up the number of minutes. Because you've got to work with different languages, so you need some some visuals as well. I would be happy to do that. But as long as you have a stopwatch and a clipboard, we are good to go. (laughs) Would you like a cup of tea as well? (laughs) All right, before we get to today's action, four days left in our Kickstarter campaign. We are growing, growing, growing. This is great. Thank you so much to everybody who's hopped on board overnight. We are up to 44% funded for our trip to cover the Winter Olympics and Paralympics in Beijing. As you may know, media accreditations were bestowed upon us (laughs) quite unexpectedly. We applied. We didn't think we'd get them, but we did. So we're really excited to go to Beijing and tell you everything that's going on on the ground and what you don't see on the feeds and what you don't see on the broadcast and all of that fun stuff that we can only do by being there. The fact is that this is an expensive endeavor and we are a little independent podcast with a shoestring budget that didn't plan to have this kind of expense so soon. So we're having a Kickstarter program to make sure we can go and we need your help to get there. Check out our campaign at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. We'd really like you in this last four days, just channel your inner Oxana masters, help us muscle through. Have you seen how jacked she is? I think Ben- She is amazing. Ben Ben posted a picture of her, I believe in the Facebook group. Just her muscles are unbelievable. So- Channel her muscles, help us muscle through to the finish. Uh, We take all dollar amounts, large dollar amounts, small dollar amounts. And if the more backers we get, the more the page's profile gets uplifted and it becomes more visible to others. So if you've given already, thank you so much. Share this. If you haven't given, please consider doing so. And And Either way, if you could share this with your friends and family, we'd really appreciate it. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. We're starting with archery. Still haven't seen any archery. Still haven't been able to see any archery. So this was the event that was rescheduled from yesterday. Oh, so archery must have had an off day. 
Oh, they did. They were scheduled to have an off day, and this is the rescheduled competition. So this is the women's individual W1 class. Gold went to China's Chen Minyil. Silver went to Czech Republic's Sarka Musilova. And bronze went to Great Britain's Victoria Rumery. And you know what I noticed when I looked at that? I said, oh, there are no Koreans on this medal stand. And... I looked down, the top Korean was ranked sixth. I wonder, because the Koreans just have an amazing archery program on the Olympic side, I wonder how developed their para-archery program is. And if it's not as well developed or they just don't have the <clears throat> same number of participants or how that works. But I thought that was an interesting note. Something to look into. <laughs> we, we haven't done a lot on archery, period. We had had a Brown who was the official, so we definitely need to look into archery, both Olympic and Paralympic overall. Mm -hmm. I will be calling my new friend, Matt Stutzman, since I asked him a good question in the media day. Yes. <laughs> oh, what was that question? That had to do with Rising Phoenix, and he was so excited when he answered. Okay, nice. Moving to athletics, we will start on the field. Men's club throw F51 final. This was a high degree of disabilities in the legs, trunk, and hands, and moderate disability in the arms. Gold went to Musa Taimazan from RPC with a world record. Silver went to Zeljko Dmitrievich from Serbia with a personal best. And bronze went to Marian Kureya from Slovakia. Then we move on to shot put. Women had two competitions today. Men had one. Women started with the F32, which is a high level of impairment in the legs and high impairment in either the arms or the trunk. Gold went to Anastasia Moskalenko from Ukraine with a world record. Silver went to Rosa Kozakowska from Poland with a personal best. And bronze went to Yevgenia Galakchanova from RPC. In the F36 class, this is a combination of low um, and moderate disabilities in the arms, legs, and trunk. Gold went to Galina Lipanikova from RPC with a personal best. Silver went to Miriam Martinez Rico from Spain, also with a personal best. And bronze went to Wu Ching from China. In the men's shot put, we had the F46 class today. That's a high degree of impairment in one arm or absence of one arm. Gold went to Greg Stewart from Canada with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Nikita Prokhorov from RPC, who got an area record. And bronze went to Joshua Sinemo from the USA. And, you know, again, if you watch the coverage, I'm sure they will show this whole package again at least once. And if you're watching Olympic Channel this afternoon, you'll see it there. But you will see his final throw or his one winning throw. I don't even know which throw it was. It was a throw. Let's put it into context, NBC. In women's discus, we had one competition today for the F41 class, which is short of stature. Gold went to Tunisia's Tilili who got a world record. So she also competed in the shot put, I believe. And two events, two golds, two world records. That's how you do it. Hmm. Incredible. Silver went to Yusra Karim from Morocco with a personal best. And bronze went to Hayat Elgara, also from Morocco. The men's javelin throw had a competition in the F-34 class. This is a low degree of disability in the trunk and arms and a high degree of disability in the legs, so they compete while seated. And gold went to Saeed Efruz from Iran with a world record. Silver went to Colombia's Mauricio Valencia. And bronze went to Colombia's Diego Fernando Menenzas Medina, who got a personal best. In the long jump pit, we had two competitions for the men. First was the T38 class, which was a low degree of impairment in both legs, one side or the whole body. Gold went to Zhu Deneng with the world record. He's from China. Silver went to Zhang Huanghao from China with a personal best. And bronze went to Colombia's Jose Gregorio Lemos Rivas with an area record. In the men's long jump T64 class, this one was a bunch of classes combined together, disability of one or both legs below the knee. Gold went to Marcus Rem from Germany. Silver went to Dimitri Pavad 
from France with a personal best. And bronze went to Trenton Merrill from USA, who got an area record. I'm surprised we haven't seen him splashed all over. Well, it's just a bronze. You know how the U.S. just cares if it's a gold. Right. Okay. So now moving over to the track, we had uh, a lot of 100-meter competitions today. So the women had three and the men had two. We're going to start with the lowest class number and work our way up. So first was the T36 class for women. It was a moderate impairment in both arms and legs or a combination of that and or low and moderate disability in all four limbs and your trunk. Gold went to Shi Yiting from China, who got a world record. Silver went to Elena Ivanova from RPC. And bronze went to Danielle Aitchison from New Zealand. In the T53 class, which is wheelchair athletes who have no arm disabilities, China went won the gold. That went to Gao Feng. Silver went to Zhao Hong Zhaun from China, and bronze went to Samantha Kinghorn from Great Britain. I did see a T-class wheelchair 100-meter race. Not sure if it was this one, but you were right. They get those wheelchairs to go really fast. And I also want to know this. What technique do you do because the front wheel will bounce, and I know you don't want the wheel to bounce off because don't you want the wheel to stay on the track to get the... I don't know. Would bounce help you? So the like a hop is, at the beginning of a run. That's a good question. Do you want the wheelchair's front wheel to come off a little bit at the start of the race? Does that make it easier to get up to speed? But then do you want the wheel, to, the front wheel to main contact, remain to stay in contact with the track during the race? Because that might make you faster. I mean, you don't really, I can't imagine wanting to wheelie for a hundred meters. <laughs> I would, but I'm not also trying to win a medal. <laughs> I'm just getting images of you going up and down the street doing wheelies. <laughs> Swinging around on the back, the back wheels. It could get interesting. And you know what the worst part is? If I was helping somebody with their wheelchair, I would totally do that. Spin them around, tip them back. So nobody ever let me drive a wheelchair if you don't want to drag race. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm more for the list to understand over the next quad. Men also did the same class in the 100 meters. Gold went to a Pong Sakam Peo from Thailand, who got a Paralympic record. Silver went to Brent Lakatos from Canada, who is the current world record holder. So this was kind of a big race. Bronze went to Abdul Rahman Al Karashi from Saudi Arabia another new country to us, to our list. For the women's version of this race, gold went to Zhao Zhangchan from China. Silver went to Amanda Kutaya from Finland. Yay, Finland. And bronze went to Sherry Madsen from USA. Finland has matching silvers now. It's very nice. And then we have the men's T the men's 400 meter T37 class, which is moderate disability on one side. Gold went to Andre Vodvin from RPC, who got a world record. Silver went to Nick Mayhew from the USA, who got an American record. And, you know, this was just his first international race in this distance. This is like those, when we talk about the stories from like the 1932 Olympics. Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'll just jump in this race. I mean, I know he trained really hard for this. That Let's not just miss. Right. Yeah. A year, years and years of being an athlete at a high level, but it does have that same feel to it. Oh, well, let's just try this one. See how I do. And bronze went to Chairman Kobasov from RPC, who got a Paralympic record. He must be in a different class. This was a combo 36-37. Okay, that, that makes sense. Would you like me to repeat those results? Because I know you like seeing the race multiple times. <laughs> I saw Nick Mayhew celebrate the silver medal. And they even played the post-race interview every time. I really know about Nick's training regimen now. Para badminton started up today. This is one of the sports that has been added to the Paralympic program. Today we had group play in many singles and a doubles class. So much like table tennis and, and racket sports in general, 
we'll keep an eye on it and let you know how things are progressing because it's uh, another sport with a lot of classes and a lot of athletes. Uh, But, you know, badminton starts on the 1st of September, but in the U.S., it will start on September 3. Do they think that we don't understand how time difference works? I don't think so. Like they, the NBC thinks that we won't notice the difference. Oh, it's just because, you know, Japan is on a different time zone. And you throw in the international dateline. Yeah, not by three days, NBC. We're not that dumb. Moving over to Bacha, we had medal rounds for the mixed individual BC through one through BC four classes. So these are all, everyone is in a wheelchair. We'll start with BC four and work our way down. The BC four class is a combination of disabilities that affect the whole body. It can be moderate in the whole body, high in the legs with additional disabilities in the trunk and arms or absence of multiple limbs. And these athletes must overcome fatigue. Gold went to Slovakia's Samuel Andrechik, who beat Pornchak Larpin from Thailand four to zero. And bronze went to Lung Yin Yuk Wing from Hong Kong, who won his match five to four. I think this match is the one listener Patrick from Green Bay posted on Twitter this shot of the the balls, and a Slovakian's ball had jumped and landed on top of balls and also was touching the jack. It was like a little pile of balls then. How does that happen? They, they can bounce a little bit. And sometimes they bounce or they hit another ball and they bounce over. It was complicated. Then in the BC3 class, which is a high degree of impairment in arms and legs, moderate in the trunk, these are the athletes who work with the ramps and they have an assistant that helps them because a lot of times they're using a, a mouth pointer or a head pointer to push the ball down the ramp. Gold went to Adam Peska from Czech Republic, who beat Gregorius Palakronidis 3-3. He won the tiebreaker. This was the first time that Adam Pesca has won gold. Palakronidis has been the bridesmaid several times at the Paralympics, getting the silver again. Bronze went to Daniel Michel from Australia, who won handily 9-0 in his match. I saw these two matches. I think they showed the gold medal match on the broadcast TV, I believe. And then I had the other one on the feed. And it's dangerous being a sports assistant, I think. Do, do you get hit by things? I don't know, but a Gregorius Polychronidis' wife is his assistant. was all taped up with the KT tape. Like her arms and her shoulders. I don't know what was going on, but... Then you would like this story. His wife had, gave birth four months ago to a daughter. And because... The two of them are a team. The daughter is with them there in Japan. Oh, thank you. Well, that would explain the reason for all the tape. Being the mother of a newborn, you injure your arms and shoulders and elbows. So if she's doing both, that's why she's taped up. Okay. That makes sense. The mixed individual BC2 class, which is a combination of disabilities that range from low to high in all four limbs in the trunk. Gold went to a Sigamura Hidetaka from Japan. He won 5-0 over Thailand's Wachaparan Vongsa. Bronze went to Maciel Santos from Brazil, who won his match 4-3. I did see this match. Oh, my goodness. You want to say passionate, passionate Brazilians playing bocce. This was good. And it was interesting because sometimes they would throw the jack close to them, and sometimes they would throw it far away. And if they're throwing it close to them, sometimes the you know the jack moves out of the way, and it was interesting. If you saw a little bit of bocce, I did see a little bit, and it and it is similar to the lawn game. The process is the same, but yeah, I was having a hard time figuring out the strategy, and that's how I felt when I was first watching curling as well. That makes sense. So there's a lot of similarities to the getting the stone in the house and getting the jack on the right spot. So if you really enjoy curling, you will definitely enjoy enjoy bachia because it's that same chess and physical things going on. Exactly. It was pretty mesmerized because of the strategy involved. And there were times where because of how, because the, the athletes are sitting they can't necessarily see the jack sometimes 
if balls are in the way. So that's part of the strategy too. hide the jack so you can't see it and you don't necessarily know where to throw or your opponent doesn't necessarily know where to throw. That's what I love to do. I, I think you do have to sit down and spend some time with it. But honest to Pete, it's a really, really interesting sport. And finally, in the BC1 class, which is a high degree of disability in the legs and trunk, moderate degree of impairment in the arms, gold went to David Smith from Great Britain, who beat Malaysia's Wei Lunchu 4-2, to two, and then Jose Carlos Chagas de Oliveira from Brazil won the bronze, who won his match 8-2. to two. Over to cycling, in the road event, it was a hand cycling day. So we had all of the hand cycling categories. Men combined the H1 and 2 class, which is a high degree of impairment in the legs, trunk, and hands, and varying disability to the arms. And the, the different classes have different distances that they have to cycle as well, which makes sense. This race is 58.2 kilometers long. Gold went to Florian Giovanni from France. Silver went to Luca Mazzoni from Italy, and bronze went to Sergio Garote Munoz from Spain. In the H3 class, which is a high degree of impairment in the legs, trunk, and hands, no impairment to the arms. This race is 79.2 kilometers long. Gold went to Ruslan Kutsinov from RPC. Silver went to Hans Frey from Switzerland, and bronze went to Walter Oblinger from Austria. In the H4 class for men, this is moderate to high impairment to both legs, absence of legs above the knee. Also a 79.2 kilometer race. Gold went to Jetzt Plot from Netherlands. Silver went to Thomas Freuwerth from Austria. And bronze went to Alexander Gritsch from Austria. The women had the H1 to 4 classes all combined. And they did a 26.4 kilometer race. Gold went to Jeanette Janssen from Netherlands. Silver went to Annika Zayen from Germany. And bronze went to Alicia Dana from USA. Then we had the H5 class. This is a low impairment to the whole body, one side, both legs, or the absence of legs below the knee. The women have a 66-kilometer race. Gold went to Oksana Masters from the USA. Silver went to Sun Bian Bian from China. And bronze went to Katja Arey. From Italy. For the men, they cycle 79.2 kilometers. Gold went to Mitch Valise from Netherlands. Silver went to Louis Vergnon from France. And bronze went to Tim DeVries from Netherlands. So they finally found Oksana Masters in a race that they could figure out where she was on the track. <laughs> I, I got to see a little bit of this. Of course, they showed near the end, so you didn't see what was happening too much. I got the impression that Masters was leading for a while and Sun Beyond Beyond was a drafting off of her. But then somewhere along the way, Masters got in second place and drafted and drafted and drafted. <laughs> and Sun just, you could see her waving Oxana Masters up like it's your turn or, you know, you can go ahead and take it. And, and Masters was just like, no, not, not doing that right now. And there are drafting rules in the Paralympics where you can only be close to another racer for a certain amount of time. So I don't know if that varies between classes, but the announcer did mention when we were doing the time trial that drafting is very limited in the Paralympics. Well, when Oksana finally passed Sun, her wheel clipped a little bit and she almost tipped over, but managed to stay upright. Eventually she just powered ahead and one and just, you know, puddle of tears because she just couldn't believe what she's been able to achieve on the bike. When she's done, they said <laughs> she's going to Germany to train cross-country skiing in an underground snow tunnel. I would like to be in the underground snow tunnel. I, I know. It's just that's a lot to unpack. And now I have so many things I on the list. I have never heard of an underground snow tunnel before. In all our watching of biathlon and cross country, no one has ever mentioned this kind of training facility. So now we must find out about it. Do you think it's in an old bomb shelter? Maybe. Oh, an underground snow tunnel. What is that? 
Moving over to goalball, we had the quarterfinal competition for the women. Turkey beat Australia 10 to 6. Japan beat Israel 4 to 1. Brazil beat China 1 to 0. And USA beat RPC 5 to 3. I did get to see some of that match, what they showed on television, which wasn't all of it as we found out. But thank you very much to Lisa O'Sullivan, because now I found out what a long ball is. And apparently, so you know how the court is divided up into sections? The middle two sections, the, the closest section to the center line for each side, that's the neutral zone. So you can't have the ball bounce over the neutral zone. It has to land or be rolled through the neutral zone. Sounds like an icing call in hockey. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something similar to that. I don't know why it, what the benefit of that is. But still, at least part of the question is answered. Well, I would think if it bounces too far out away from the players, it would be very difficult to manage because you're dealing with visually impaired and it could maybe bounce wildly. It could, or maybe the bells don't move enough without that. When, you know, when you're rolling the ball, the bells will roll. When the ball bounces, you hear it hit it. But if it takes a while to bounce, and if the ball is in the air, do you necessarily hear the bells enough to be able to figure out, to give you a fair chance at defending that? I don't know. Good question. RPC was called on a noise penalty. They were too loud. They were too loud, but it really said when they did the replay or when I did the, when I did my own personal replay, I think somebody's shoe squeaked right at the wrong moment. And the bells do sound like squeaking shoes sometimes on the, certainly on television that that sound is very similar. Exactly. So that I understood that. And immediately after that was called, somebody was out there with the broom. I was going to say, were they out there with the WD-40? That's a volunteer job for me. I'll just run around to all the venues with my WD-40. I'm like a suburban dad at heart, apparently. <laughs> okay. In the semifinals, it will be Brazil versus USA and Turkey versus Japan. In shooting, we had a couple of competitions. First was the R3 Mixed 10-meter air rifle prone SH-1. These are athletes who are highly affected in the legs, but they can hold their rifle unsupported. Gold went to Natasha Hiltrop from Germany, who got a Paralympic record. Silver went to Korea's Park Jin-ho. And bronze went to Irina Shtetnik from Ukraine. So I did see maybe the last third of the finals of this match. I do like watching shooting. It's, it's right up there with Zen sports if you just need to have something on. The quietness and the calmness of everybody helps calm me down. The one thing I noted, Irina Shtetnik has these beautiful long braids that I think are as tall as you are. I don't know how tall she is, but her braids did go down to about her knees. And if it's braided, that means her hair is even longer than that. That's impressive. Well, she doesn't need a weighted hat or anything because her braids weigh her down. (laughs) You know, we talk about shooting with the weighted vest. Well, she just has her hair. That's all she needs. There you go. And I... And Natasha Hiltrop, I believe, I'm not correcting that, she's been in the Paralympics before, and I believe this is besting her Paralympic performances. So congratulations to her. She shot really well. It was close. And then Park just made one slight mistake. And that, as we know, that, that pretty much does it. He just could not catch up in the last couple of rounds. In the R5 Mixed 10-meter air rifle prone SH2 competition, these athletes require varying levels of support for the rifle, and they shoot from a seated position. Gold went to Dragan Ristic from Serbia. Silver went to Vasil Kovalchuk from Ukraine. And bronze went to Franček Gorzad Tirasek from Slovenia. Our McKenna Gear was in this competition. Not a good day for McKenna. She had a tough match. Yeah, so she posted today on Instagram that nothing went wrong. It was just not her day. So she ended up finishing 34th, but she will be back for small bore. She's got a day off. She's going to try and regroup, take a deep breath and come back for the next time. Hmm. In sitting volleyball, women had more preliminary matches. It was a big day because we're getting close to the end of group play. So we're kind of like do or die for some of these teams. Brazil beat Italy three to one. 
China beat Rwanda 3-0, Canada beat Japan 3-0, and the USA beat RPC 3-0. And the USA was one of these teams that they did not win. They were not moving on to the knockout stages. So uh, they did show this game on NBC, so we both got to see some of it, right? Yes. So the one uh, thing I wanted to mention was I know Sarah, when she was on the show, mentioned that Laura Webster is pregnant on the U.S. team. Well, this is baby number four that she's pregnant with. And this is not her first pregnancy appearance at the Paralympics. Baby number one was baking during London. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So not only is this woman having multiple children, oh, yes, I can be pregnant and be a Paralympian. No problem. Incredible. It was a, a good game. The USA was behind a little bit in the first game. They managed to catch up. And then after once they did that and they got that first game in the bag, they were pretty dominant for the whole match. What was interesting to me was that the way RPC played and the way the US played, it made me feel like I was back in the 80s. RPC was very disciplined and strict and felt like almost an old Soviet team. And here come the scrappy Americans kind of scratching out each point. And I love when styles of play are so different between countries because that makes me feel like it's an international competition. Yes. And you see different ways of getting achieving success. I did learn that the ball can come off of any part of your body because you can kick it over. Yes. And someone did an elbow shot in this match. Nice. And then our uh, sitting volleyball correspondent, listener Brittany, wrote in because, talking a little bit about the classifications because we, we've we been wondering what constitutes the different classes and, and what you can have made up on the on the court. There are seven eligible impairment types allowed in sitting volleyball. You can have a limb deficiency, an impaired passive range of movement, impaired muscle power, leg length difference, hypertonia, ataxia, or athetosis. And the classification book, man, we've talked with athletes about how complicated classification is. This classification book, 77 pages long. So props to listener Brittany for going through it and trying to understand this. But it's really helpful to know what what all is involved here. Right. So in sitting volleyball, you I expected certainly to see amputees or uh, para or quadriplegics in some mm-hmm. fashion. And yet that's there are they are there. But then there's also all these other disabilities. Yes. I I I'm with you on that. And this also exposes my lack of knowledge of all these different disabilities. Agreed. Same you know, as here too. Yeah, you're not an amputee, you're not paralyzed. Well, there's a lot of other range mm-hmm. that would make you appropriate for this sport. But on the flip side, I just sit there and watch the sitting volleyball and I'm so happy. <laughs> this has now filled my wheelchair rugby hole that I was feeling. Good, good, good. The other thing I want to mention is I've noticed that Carrie Miller Ortiz, who we talked about the other day, one of the commentators, she she is improving greatly. I thought she did a really good job. I, I think she's probably got some feedback, took it to heart, and it's nice to see people improve. What I saw the biggest difference was in this game, it felt like she was more herself, like she wants to be a Rowdy Gaines kind of enthusiasm level. And I think at first she was trying to be all professional and serious. And someone said to her, no, 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 sweetie, we hired you because of your personality. And she was getting excited about shots and getting excited for certain players. And that was a big difference that I heard uh, today. So someone gave her some good advice to just, we hired you because of who you are and let that come out. So that was more fun. Let Tanith be the serious one. In the semifinals, it will be Brazil versus USA and China versus Canada. Both of those are going to be good. Very exciting. In swimming, it was pretty much breaststroke day. So we have a lot of 100-meter breaststroke races. We'll start with the SB7 class, which is our favorite hodgepodge of disabilities. Gold went to Carlos Daniel Serrano Zarate from Colombia with a Paralympic record. Silver went to... 
Igor Efrosinin from RPC, and bronze went to Blake Cochran from Australia. For the women in this class, gold went to Maria Pavlova from RPC, silver went to Jessica Long from USA, and bronze went to Tiffany Thomas Kane. Moving up to SB11, which is a visual impairment class, gold went to Roger Dorsman from Netherlands, silver went to Kimura Kiichi from Japan, and bronze went to Yang Bozun from China. For the women, Gold went to Carolina Palendritu from Cyprus, who got a world record. She, like, crushed this world record. Yes, so this is at least her second medal that we've seen. Silver went to Ma Gia, and bronze went to Yana Berezhna from Ukraine. In Ukraine, she is known as the princess of the pool. For the SB12 class, which is a moderate visual impairment, Gold went to Vile Isravilov from Azerbaijan, who set a Paralympic record. Silver went to Alexei Fednya from Ukraine, and bronze went to Artur Saifudinov from RPC. For the women in this class, gold went to Maria Carolina Gomez-Santiago from Brazil with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Daria Lukaneneko from RPC, and bronze went to Yarina Matlo from Ukraine. In the SB13 total visual impairment class, gold went to Engel Taliso from Germany, who set a world record. Silver went to David Henry Abrahams from the USA, and bronze went to Jumgali Nurdulate from Kazakhstan. And, you know, they don't do Nelson Crispin Corzo, but they love that Ikar Boki is called the beast. It's like the beast is swimming in this one. Sadly, Boki finished sixth. The beast has been slayed. <laughs> he won gold in all of his races in Rio and was hoping to repeat in Tokyo, but sadly will not be doing that. It's not like he's had a bad games, though. My goodness. He really has just been amazing in the pool. In the women's SB13 class, gold went to... Elena Kraushout from Germany, Silver went to Rebecca Redfern from Great Britain, and Colleen Young from USA won the bronze. My friend Colleen Young from Fairfield EO. She is getting appropriate love. The Fairfield alum has been posting her picture and announcing. So this is her second medal then. This is her second medal. Very exciting. Let's move over to freestyle. So we had several different lengths today. First, we're going to do the men's 50 meter S5 class, which is moderate disability to the whole body, a high degree to both legs or the absence of limbs. Gold went to Zheng Tao from China, who set a Paralympic record. Silver went to Yuan Weiyi from China. And bronze went to Wang Li Chao from China. Another Chinese sweep. And I think I recognize these athletes because their kicks are just furiously strong. In the women's S8 class, in this class, athletes have a low degree of impairment to the whole body or a moderate degree of impairment to both legs or a severe impairment to one arm. Gold went to Victoria Ishutlova from RPC. Cecilia Kathleen Geronimo de Arujo from Brazil want the silver and Zinia Francesco Palazzo from Italy won bronze. In the men's 100-meter freestyle S6 class, this is another hodgepodge one. A moderate degree of impairment on one side, severe degree of impairment in both legs, short of stature, missing one arm and one leg on the same side. Gold went to Antonio Fanton from Italy with a world record. Silver went to Nelson Crispin Corzo from Colombia. Yay! And, and bronze went to Talisson Henrique uh, Glock from Brazil. In the 400 free, in <clears throat> in the 400 meter freestyle, both men and women's S10 class competed. So this is a low degree of impairment in legs or moderate degree in the hip or feet or an absence of the hands. Gold uh, for the men. Gold went to Maxim Kripiak from Ukraine, who is a repeat gold medalist, but he was a little bit slower than his Rio world record time. Silver went to Bas Takin from Netherlands, and bronze went to Thomas Gallagher from Australia. 
In the women's side, gold went to Arielle Rivard from Canada, who just crushed her own world record. She just flew. And she hadn't been, because of the pandemic, she was one of the swimmers who just hadn't had competition for over a year and didn't know what was possible. So to dive in the pool and see that this is possible from just heavy-duty training was pretty amazing. Silver went to Bianca Pop from Hungary, and bronze went to Olvia Jablonska from Poland. And then we rounded out the competition with the 200 IM SM9 class. This is a moderate disability to all four limbs or a high degree or absence of one leg. For the men, gold went to Andre Kalina from RPC. Silver went to Timothy Hodge from Australia. And Ugo Didier from France won bronze. For the women, Sophie Pascoe from New Zealand won gold. Yay, Silver Ferns. Exactly. She is a current world record holder, but her time was a little slower than world record pace, but still gold medal. Sophia Konkali from Hungary won silver and Nuria Marquez Soto from Spain won bronze. <clears throat> In table tennis, we had team competition. It was a lot of men's and women's teams, quarterfinals and semifinals today. So for the men, we start with the MT one and two classes combined. This is a locked wheelchair class, but they have moderate disability in the arms or hands. In the semifinals, France beat Slovakia 2-0 to zero to go on to the gold medal match where they will face Korea. Korea defeated Poland 2-1. to one. Korea and Slovakia win bronzes. In the MT3 class, which is still a locked wheelchair, but you can use your arms to push on the chair and get a further reach. In the semifinals, Germany beat Czech Republic 2-0 and China beat Thailand 2-0. Germany will beat China for the gold and the other two teams get bronzes. In the MT 6-7 class, which is a standing class, you have a low to moderate disability in your legs, arms, or the absence of limbs. In the semis, China beat Germany 2-0 and Great Britain beat Spain 2-1. China and Great Britain will face off for the gold and the other two teams get bronze. In the MT8 class, which is standing and a low level of disability in the legs, Ukraine beat France 2-0 and China beat Great Britain 2-0. So Ukraine and China will battle for gold and the others win bronzes. In MT9 through 10, which is a standing class, a low level of disability in one arm or one leg, the absence of one arm or one leg below the knee. China beat Ukraine 2-0, and Australia beat Nigeria 2-0. So China and Australia will go for the gold, and Ukraine and Nigeria get bronzes. So it's nice to see Nigeria on the podium in a different sport. On the women's side, we had two team classes compete today for the women's 4-5 to class, which is a wheelchair class. They're a little bit more mobile, and they have no arm impairments. In the semifinals, China beat Great Britain 2-0 and Sweden defeated Serbia 2-0. So China and Sweden will go for gold and the other two win bronze. And then finally, in the women's 9 and 10 combined class, which is a standing class with low-level disabilities, Australia with our Shukvastani, Millie Tapper, beat Hungary and China in their competitions, both 2-0. So they will advance to the gold medal round against Poland. Poland defeated Brazil in the semifinals, so China and Brazil take bronze in this class, and we will see what happens with the gold medal. So it's nice. Our, our Shuklistani, Millie Tapper, walks away with at least a silver. Not going to complain about that. Nope. In wheelchair basketball, we had the quarterfinals, and then the bottom two teams played off for 11th and 12th place. 11th place goes to Colombia, who beat Algeria 70-47. to In the quarterfinals, Spain beat Germany 71-68. to Great Britain beat Canada 66-52. to Japan beat Australia 61-55. to And USA beat Turkey 52-45. to And that, that was a lot closer until the end because Turkey wanted to stop the clock. And so they kept fouling and the U.S. just kept making their free throws. So that's why that point differential is there. But that was a close game. That was a, a lower scoring game and a closer game than probably a lot of people would have expected it to be. But Turkey is a force in wheelchair basketball. 
So for the semifinals, it will be Spain versus USA and Japan versus Great Britain. And wheelchair tennis. Weather is really playing havoc with the tennis competition, isn't it? It is. So first we had the heat, then we had the rain. So they completed as many matches as possible on center court and court one, but now they can really only use center court. So depending on how long it takes you to read these other results, I may have the medal results for you for quad because the last set is 5-4 right now. Oh my, okay. (laughs) So do all the results and then maybe we will have some hot breaking quad doubles medal match news. Okay. In the men's singles quarterfinals, Japan's Kuneda Shingo beat France's Stefan Houdet, 7-6-6-3. Great Britain's Alfie Hewitt beat France's Nicholas Pfeiffer, 6-3-6-4. And Tom Egberink from Netherlands beat Daniel Caversacci from Spain, 6-4-6-3. In the women's doubles competition, we had the we had one semifinal event. So Netherlands team of De Groot and Van Koot beat Japan's Kamiji and Otani 6-4-6-2. And then China versus Great Britain has been rescheduled. In men's quad doubles, gold has gone to Netherlands, Schroeder and Vink, who beat Australia's Alcott and Davidson 6-4-6-3. And we are waiting on the bronze medal match correct? Yes, we are. So they split the first two sets. We are 5-4 in the third. Who is winning? Japan. And who are they playing? Great Britain. That's tough. The tradition of British tennis in the host city, Japan. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Just just keep hitting refresh. That's what I'm doing. While you do that, I would like to take a minute and thank our Patreon patrons whose ongoing financial contributions greatly help keep this show afloat. There's a lot of expenses that go on in the background to making this show happen. And thanks to our patrons, they help make it possible. And one of the things our patrons have done is because we've gotten so many that have come on during the Olympics and Paralympics coverage, we have been able to add transcripts to our episodes starting with the uh, Paralympics coverage. So we'll have that going forward. And it's it's very, it's very one of our dreams realized for this show to be able to offer that to our listeners and now our readers. So thank you so much. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, check us out at patreon.com flame alive pod. What's up with Shuklistan? As we mentioned, Millie Tapper goes for gold medal with Team Australia in table tennis classes nine through 10. No update. Oh my God, it's 4030. <laughs> but the Brits are coming back. Oh, oh. So Japan has 40 to 30 and they're and they're 5-4? No, the, the Brits are 40-30, but they're 4-5. Oh. So they could tie up this third set. Oh, they just tied. Oh, okay. This is gonna be a while. Okay, well, we will let you know tomorrow what happened because it's time to say sayonara for us. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com, text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. We're Flame Alive Pod on social. Check us out on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. So get at us there. If you're not in the Keep the Flame Alive Pod Facebook group, get on there we're having a lot of fun and don't forget our kickstarter and help us reach the goal of bringing you on the ground coverage at beijing that's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod as we go out to music by mercury sunset thank you so much for listening and until tomorrow keep the flame alive